the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the Maslow Peak Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Griffin, and our guests today are Jeff Gross and Scarlett Bieberstein from the band Merlot Embargo. Jeff and Scarlett have been married for about four years now and started the band last year. Jeff plays guitar, banjo, keys, all manner of... <laughs> keys poorly, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, many, many, many done. incidental instruments. All right. Uh, Scarlett sings, writes songs, uh, any instruments? Uh, just guitar. Okay. And I'm learning piano, but... Only for writing good purposes. Good bass. Yeah. Uh, Jeff is also an electrical engineer by day. That's, right. That's his Bruce Wayne gig. <laughs> and uh, Scarlett also does some music on the side, uh, does some worship stuff, a mm -hmm. um, little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. uh, their debut record, Don't Look Back, is available now on Apple Music, Bandcamp, Spotify, YouTube, all over the place. Um, it's really good. We'll be talking about that. You can find them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Merlot Embargo, just like it sounds. And you can visit their website, MerlotEmbargo.com. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks, thanks. for having us. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I've been exciting. looking forward to this. Uh, I got to admit, I put you guys on the list as soon as I saw the record, uh, saw what you guys were doing, heard the record, really liked it. So I'm glad I'm glad this worked out. Thanks. I'm excited. I, I have to say I was really um, impressed just walking in here. This is a lot more legitimate than I was expecting. So oh, I was you, really you, excited. You. This is cool. Thank it's you. And cool. I, I want to give credit to Evan Ronaldo from episode four, uh, from Echo Play Studios and Generations Church for so graciously uh, letting us use their space uh, to host this. But I know this is a video, but uh, we got some Christmas lights in here. We got some acoustic foam. This, uh, this turned out really nice. So it's very vibey for those of you who can't see yeah. inside the room. Oh, yeah. We did do a little everyone. Facebook Live set, so if you do want to see a little bit of the room, you can check that out. But uh, yeah, we want to thank Evan, uh, Echo Play Studios, and Generations Church for uh, letting us record here. Jeff, I've known you for about yeah. eight or nine years now. Uh, yeah. We used to play music together at church. I remember you playing guitar, and the thing I remember most is you're one of those people that you make the difficult things look easy, and <laughs> you generate tone. And that's, uh, as a musician, that's that's the hardest thing to do, is to make the difficult things look easy, do the easy things clean, and you know definitely express that you know what you're doing with the instrument. And I remember you were one of those people that generates tone. Wow, and that, nice. uh, that definitely comes through on the record. Thanks. He practices a lot. Oh yeah, that's that's the thing, kids. He's always sure to in the studio, so he's he's one of those like I I tend to see myself as the traditional artist type, where I have, you know, I can think big picture, um, but when it comes to details, I really miss the boat. And he is one that just um, goes into the studio and shreds for hours just to practice, just to get one little segment right. Okay. Um, but it's he's true. He I did I that do for the we album have a, too. We have a good thing, like kind of symbiotic mm -hmm. working relationship. Balance. Oh yeah, and that's important yeah. in any marriage, any band. That's I mean, you guys right. just happen to be doing both of those things. Yeah. So. yeah. so let's talk a little bit about that, about how this came together. So we don't have to go into your whole love story. You guys <laughs> can save that for the blog or 
uh, for the record, for the record number two or whatever. But, um, (laughs) you know, you guys meet, you fall in love, you get married. Were you both musicians? Is that how you met? Did you know that was part of each other's creative makeup? Yeah. So, so we met actually, I got a, uh, a church gig actually at the church she was working at at the time. I was full time Um, working for the youth ministry program. And, uh, and, and we met and, um, we sort of like were interested in each other pretty much straight away. And he was very cute. He reminded me of Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I did see that. And it was around the time where Bradley Cooper was a thing. All right. So. <laughs> he's, he's still a thing, <laughs> sort of. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, we met and we, I don't know, like six months later we went out. Yeah. Um, well, a big group of the, the people, the musicians at the church at the time, uh, we would go out and do karaoke, you know, after and hang out a lot. So it was okay. kind of a brain trust of musicians. All right. And a collective. We, we started to, yeah, work yeah. musically together, even just for fun. Yeah. So we had a, like a, a side project. Well, depending on who you ask, Merlot Embargo might be the side project. But yeah. n- and now I guess we're kind of at the point where we consider the original band the side project um, called the Jingle Boys. And a lot of those guys, we've been working together for years. And Scarlett and I, that was kind of where we started Working, working on music together, okay. really. Um, it was a Christmas project every year. So all, right. all of us struggling musicians that you know needed an outlet to create right. would get together every year and make a really odd, eclectic album of, m- of Christmas music. Okay. Um, and I elbowed my way in <laughs> to this, this boys club and, uh, and, and made it happen, wanted to put some music on there. And so I called in my new boyfriend to help me out with that. Okay. So he, he couldn't say no at the time. We were too early All in right. the relationship. It All was right. great. Yeah. But it, I mean, it, it, was, well. it, was, it was years of learning how to work together, though. Oh, yeah. We had a lot of, like, headbutting, you know, fights over, like, what, um, you know, like, creative direction for uh-huh. a song. Or, I was or not used to collaborating at all, which probably shows itself in my early music writing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So... How did it come about that you guys are married, you're doing this stuff on the side, Jeff, you've got the day job, and, you know, as a musician, I know that urge to create is always there. I know that that, you know, wanting to play, wanting to be on stage. How did the, what was kind of the general seed of Merlot and Bardo? How'd that really kind of get kicked off? Well, Scarlett's always, I mean, she's been writing songs since college, you know, and, and, and singing for even longer than that. I guess the seed that kicked it off is the, is the car accident. That okay. really made us want to finish the record, but I'll talk about that in a sec, I guess. Yeah. But like we, um, we've been know, talking y- about it for years, yeah. knowing that it was something that we both had the capability and resources and drive to do, just okay. needed to be started. You know, the the ball needed to get rolling. So, um, with a lot of projects, that's the hardest part is exactly. getting up the courage to. Yeah. Right. I've touched on this in some of the other episodes, but the courage to tell the people in your life, "Hey, I'm going to do this." Yeah. You know, I'd like you to support me and opening yourself up to what they think that is and what they think oh your man. future looks like and why are you why you should or should not. Yep. And that's the hardest part is telling people, "I am going to do this." Yeah, and then actually doing it, I think, is. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that that you know and. God love them. Uh, they have so many dreams and they talk about their dreams mm-hmm. and they've talked about them for years and I have yet to see anything, you know. Oh, yeah. 
No, I've definitely been one of those it's people. It's hard. Full it's disclosure. so hard. Yeah, well, me too, yeah. right? I would uh, so many different things. <laughs> um, but this one was one where I didn't want to talk about it unless we were actually going to do it. All right. And so it was because it was very personal to me. I had talked about starting a music career for a very long time, and it was always very humiliating and, and humbling, I guess, when things wouldn't work out. Uh-huh. So I got to the point where I wasn't talking about doing it at all when people would say, hey, you really need to do this. You need mm-hmm. to put out your own music. and be like, well, you know, it's not in the cards right now. You know, it's right. not what I'm supposed to do. Obviously, things aren't happening. It's not right. Um, so I'd actually put off that um, because I was so worried about maybe, I don't know, jinxing it or, or just having to eat my words at some yeah. point. Yeah, and there's always that fear of, you know, once I admit to myself, I'm going to do this. If it doesn't work out, now oh, I'm yeah. really crushed. Oh you know, my I, gosh. I finally decided to try this and it didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. And so I've had a couple of those starts oh before yeah, where it's like, there. I can't. No, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. And also kind of like um, our, our, our drive towards actually like making a, a, a record. It was also kind of coincident with. Uh, like my progress as a like a home studio owner okay. and and learning how to like record instruments and so we've been doing like we mentioned this Jingle Boys thing for many years, and and that was kind of a um, a real learning curve for me and like yeah. actually like learning how to engineer a- and mix and and um, kind of the practical things of like and you know doing it on your own and not like you know going to a uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we say the, the album itself took about two and a half years mm. just in terms of when I started writing some okay. of the songs that were that became on the album and then the work that it took to record everything and produce it ourselves. But in actuality, I mean, it's more like it took eight years because that's how long you've been, you know, with the Jingle Boys project working on production and your own. Yeah, learning how to learning skills. how to produce and arrange and yeah. learning how to. And record and, and all record, of those yeah. things. I mean, it's been years in the making. And I think that's what we fail to realize. For me, I always thought you could, you know, make it overnight. You mm-hmm. know, you it's just all of these people that you see all of a sudden doing things that you want to do. Right. It seems like it's just this so from easy. one day to the yeah. next, you know, that it just happens magically. And it's just not that way. And right. so I want to put that out there for everybody. Like this is, <laughs> it's a year, it it's work. years of work in progress. You right. know, I've been writing music since college, which is years ago. <laughs> I'm going to go into detail. Yeah, you don't have to. But no, but I think it's also <laughs> like, it's, it's good. It's, it's encouraging. Like don't stop working on it right. just because you don't get that overnight, like, success oh yeah absolutely jeff let's dig into your background a little bit then we'll kind of move on to the record so i know you're an electrical engineer obviously went to college for that to be able to do something like that you have a mind for that uh people don't always associate you know right brain left brain stuff together like that you know electrical engineers schematics all that good stuff and then also creativity music right um how do you think you're wired how do you end up with this mix of both and end up at this place so the, there's sort of two um two kinds of musicians in in my brain uh there's the the artist kind of musician right they're mm-hmm. really abstractly creative uh uh with big ideas um you know and i think like scarlet is that That's kind of me. that kind of musician uh um and, and you know and people like you know, just really creative people like Bowie or somebody, you know, right. who just have oh, great no. ideas. Well, yeah, a good comparison. Um, Thanks. But, uh, <laughs> but there's, on the other side of, of that, there's, there's sort of, I guess I'll call them the studio musicians right. who, who just 
hone their craft and they and they really get in the woodshed and like just learn their instrument. And I think I'm definitely on that sort of left right, brain right. side. And so creativity for me um, is is it's kind of like controlled creativity, right? <laughs> you know. No, that makes sense with what you guys were talking about. You know, you write the songs, you kind of get the thoughts together, and then exactly. he perfects them and right. adds, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. He takes the time yeah. that it actually takes so, to make these. Songs yeah, I'm, happen. I mean, I'm I'm good at like thinking about the details of an arrangement or or, or you know a, a mix or something, but I'm I'm I can't write a song for to save my life. You know, they're just okay. they're terrible. And um, once I've written a song, I kind of don't want to go back to it. Right. I'm done. Like, I need to move on to the next song. Yeah, everyone know? thinks it's the same thing, and it's it's really two different skill sets. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I've joked for years that I refused to watch American Idol until they made them write songs. Yeah. But, you know, performing and being good yeah. at it, I mean, that's not necessarily, they don't necessarily yeah. have to go together. I mean, and there's a whole world of artists and performers who don't write their own music and yeah. don't want to have that's wildly a different skill set entirely, careers. too. Yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of engineers who are also musicians, but they I think they also tend to be you know, my kind of musician, mm-hmm. right? That sort of... Well, it's very mathematical and, yeah. like, yeah. you know, we systematic sort of in the way that We approach the world in a, in a kind of a, you know, a very structured way, I guess. Yeah, and there's that thing that is kind of left brain, that these notes on the scale are these frets, are these T's, and right. there's so many steps, and at this many steps, and the chord, and exactly. it's cool. I mean, it's, it's neat, the math of music and how it all works together. Yeah. So... You definitely don't fit the profile of the stereotypical engineer, <laughs> you know, antisocial, you know, so... Can I tell you a joke? Sure, sure. Uh, so, oh, my gosh. Uh, this is one joke. Yeah, I have Uh-oh. more than one joke. Okay, um, so how do you tell <laughs> a uh, outgoing engineer? I don't know how. He, it's when he looks at your shoes when he's talking to you. Get <laughs> <Hit> it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. All right. Yeah, um, any preconceived misconceptions about uh, engineers that you'd like to dispel once and for all? Uh, all of your preconceptions about engineers are 100% true, <laughs> actually. <laughs> we are... Uh, stereotypes are stereotypes, stereotypes for a reason. Stereotypes are stereotypes. No, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of truth to, to, uh, to all that. We mm-hmm. tend to be a little, you know, quiet and, and nerdy, and, and that's cool. All if right. our yeah. life could be a TV show, it would be like Dharma and Greg. All right, that makes I sense. I think... <laughs> wow. I didn't see that. Way to pull that out of the... Hey, it was a good show, man. <laughs> it had its time. Out of the backwoods. I know. I thought you weren't going to age yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely remember it. <laughs> All right. So you're you're going on in your career. You're having success. You guys meet. You start playing music. You really enjoy it. What's it like being in your mid-30s and deciding to start a rock band? And like we kind of touched on telling people about it. Kind of how does that process go? Um, for me, uh, it's funny, actually. I think we switched personalities at this point because I wanted to wait until everything was right and ready. I wanted to wait until we had a product mm-hmm. to show people. I wanted to wait until our website was done. I wanted to wait until our social media sites were were properly, like, oh yeah, you know, ready you to go. Launch. I yeah. wanted to be able yeah. to, s- to show people what we had. Again, I g- went back to, like, me not wanting to talk about it and talk about it and right. talk about it without anything to show. Um so I kept saying, no, let's wait. Like, right. let's wait until we get everything done. We want to have a good photo shoot. We want to have, you know, um, solid quality things. So if people were to say, to, to hear our music or look at our stuff, they could go find our website. They could find us on right. pl- on music platforms. Um, and it just doesn't end there with them hearing about us and right. never knowing where to find us. So 
It's easy to get paralyzed by that chicken aid thing, though, where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I yeah. don't, I'm not launched, so I'm not going to tell people, but right. I want to tell people, but there's nothing for them to see. Right. And so it, yeah. the, you really got to get to the work of it. And in your case, it was writing songs and really crafting them. Yeah. That's and I, right. I think there's, there's a little bit of a, when you first embark on an endeavor like that, like a band or a podcast mm-hmm. or, or whatever, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right way to do it. Yeah. You know, it's just you kind of fumble into like it and you start talking about it on social media and with your friends and, Somehow people find you and oh yeah and you know that I don't think there's a a formula that always works. All of your heroes started somewhere. Yeah, that's you know, right. they all started yeah. from step one, day one. And that's not to say we didn't mention it. We mentioned it to our friends, to our family, because it was what we were working on. We were actually producing it and recording and everything. So if people asked, like, "What are you doing with music right now?" We'd be like, "We were working on an album." But even that, I mean, it was like a year and a half, two years. So eventually people event were starting to ask, you know, what what happened to that music you said you were working yeah. on? What happened to that album? I thought right. you were going to put something out. I thought you guys were going to get started. And it's like, well, <laughs> takes a little bit of time. <laughs> right. And you see it in their face like, oh, typical Scarlett. Yes. You know, starting stuff. Oh. oh, yeah. She's got another music project. Exactly. You see it in people's faces oh. when, you s- when you start talking to them about it. You almost don't want to, like, yeah, bring it up. Right. It goes back to that. But yeah. you guys did complete the record. Uh, the record's really good. Stylistically, it's all over the place, but it all works. I mean, uh, the first notes I wrote down, I'm listening to it in the car, and I've got like an envelope, and I'm trying to scratch <laughs> on the back of it while I'm driving. And I wrote never down, done "Don't do this at home, <laughs> right? Kids. Don't do this at home, kids." I think technically that's legal. I, I don't think it's illegal because it's not. You're on the not phone. transmitting a message, right? So right. You know, you're, you're, um, you're good. The thing, the thing I wrote down was Fleetwood Mac meets the Civil Wars. Interesting. Oh, you know, I'm like loving it. your voice, really expressive. You're singing with a lot of confidence on these tracks. I mean, you're you're really just going for it. And at times, you're sounding like, oh, I hear a lot of Stevie Nicks. Sometimes oh, I love Stevie Nicks. That's much sometimes it's weird. Sometimes you kind of sound a little bit like Taylor Swift. I mean, <laughs> in uh, All Who Are Lost, I'm hearing like this dramatic, like James Bond theme song. Like oh, I'm kind of hearing Tina Turner in the background of that. It's it's crazy. But oh, it's amazing. It's all subconscious too, but I can I could even tell you each one for well, one it, that those it's, it's have been that influential that. in my life. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> in my that. life, not mine. Well, I was going to say uh, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, um, the stylistic differences because one of the things we did on this record is is we ha- or the album um, is that we had uh, a few of our friends st- like step in and produce one song. Okay, and so uh, there's there's three other guys besides myself that kind of played producer role. Um, so some of uh, so some of that goes into the eclectic and different. Um, yeah, I I mean, every single thing that you mentioned. Yeah, so is uh, track by track, here's what I wrote down. For Head Above Water, I wrote Fleetwood Match 70s. We All Fall Down, I wrote David Bowie. It also mm. kind of sounds like an emo band from the 2000s, the Juliana Theory. I don't know if you guys know who I they know. are. I don't know. But I'm no, looking I, them up now. It kind of sounds like uh, one of their records. How to Survive an Apocalypse, I wrote down just straight up country. Uh, Freaks on a Train, It uh, sometimes when I hear music, it makes me think of what, if this was a movie, what scene would this music be in? And I wrote down Western Saloon, like parlor music. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah Storms, Storms is my favorite song. It's got a little bit of everything that I like. You know, it's soft and there's some eclectic stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff in stereo on the record that you hear in headphones, you know, mm-hmm. that you've got stuff going on on each side. And it's really interesting. Um, the production value is really high on this record. Like Thanks. there's there's a lot of little notes like that. There's a lot of nuanced musicianship that, like I was saying when we let in, you know, you're, it's clear that you know what you're doing and these songs are crafted well. And that goes back to being in the lab and cranking them out and just yeah. grinding them down till they're right. 
Um, All Who Are Lost, like I said, drama, James Bond, Goldeneye. That's kind of what that made me think of. Mm -hmm. In the end, I wrote down Taylor Swift. These are the best days of our lives, Civil Wars. And uh, Billy the Kid also kind of has that same kind of quieter country kind of vibe. So it's all over the place, but it works. I mean, it it really works together. Um, You've got this warm 70s analog sound with it that really comes through, especially in headphones, especially it's funny because it's it, we definitely recorded it all digitally. Really? <laughs> yeah. no, you, it's yeah. definitely got that warm sound to it. I don't know how you guys got there. I mean, there's d- digital ways to like emulate some of that stuff, I guess. But uh, I, I, uh, you know, some I, I did half the mixes on this on the record, and uh, the, the other half, um, you know, we hired an engineer for. Okay. Um, so, but he and he was using some outboard gear, but um, some analog stuff. But awesome. So there's definitely some love songs on there, but the theme of the record seems to be moving forward with optimism and positivity. Um, can we talk a little bit about that? You know, how that became the theme? I, you guys touched on the car crash that this kind of sure. came out of, so I'm imagining. Yeah, why don't you talk about that? Um, I think it definitely maybe started out subconscious, but became very, very conscious uh, after a little bit. But uh, December of 2014, we were driving home to my family's in Texas, and uh, we were almost, we were on the last leg of the trip. It's like a 26-hour drive, but we were on the last leg, almost to San Antonio. They live on the southeast coast of it. And um, morning, we were wide awake. We just had cinnamon rolls that I was craving, and, uh, and, and we lost control of the vehicle, and it shot off the road. And in Texas, everything's pretty much 80 miles per hour. Right. Um, we uh, just missed another car coming towards us, and we shot off into this little woodland area. A tree stopped us, but our car flipped. Um, we had to crawl out the back of the windshield. Oh, wow. Um, they had to take me to the hospital just to be safe, you know, um, to check me out. Uh, and the the pictures of the accident are pretty pretty harrowing. You can see on my side. I was in the passenger seat. I think if I hadn't have been... Um, if the seat hadn't been reclined a little bit, I don't think. I think I did put a picture on the website of the car. Uh, yeah, I saw a picture. Yeah. yeah. Was it there? Okay. Yeah, it just was one. pretty crushed on my side. Wow. Like, there's just, I, I can't even see where I fit in there. Right. Um, and, and yet, I was fully, all my limbs, everything was there, you know. Wow. I had, so it's just one of those moments where you, you crawl out and you're like, I can't believe we're here. We're okay. Everything's fine. We're in shock, but... You start to question then, okay, if this w- had been it, uh, would there be any regrets? You know, right. would there have been anything that we left undone? And I definitely could say with resounding like authority, our music would have been the one thing, the one thing that I would have had some regret about not really making it happen. Right. Not really. Or at least trying. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, so, and we had, ha- we had kind of, you know, um, dabbled with it and, and, casually worked on some stuff but nothing to the point that it would look like anything in the future Mm -hmm. so that was definitely our moment no there's definitely something about those emotional experiences um i remember and i've talked about this with a few people with dads especially but when i found out our daughter we were pregnant with our daughter Allie, it's like there's this moment of did I do that great thing I was supposed to do? You know, will I ever, is there still time? You know, and there's just this soul searching. And I had this overwhelming desire to create all of a sudden, just like I have to get this out because I may never get the chance to, I may never get the time to. Our second daughter Everly was born in July and that's kind of what this all came out of the same thing. When we found out um, that she was going to be born, just 
it's same kind of thing. Like I, I'm still not any further down the road. It's three years later and I'm still not any further down. I have to do something. Right. Right. And it's something where, you know, children are, are very, very much like that in, in that it's a legacy to mm-hmm. live on this earth. It's something that like, that is, it kind of immortalizes you a little bit. Like you want people to remember you. I think it's a very human desire that right. we have, you know, even though it may mean nothing really in the long run, <laughs> depending on our beliefs too. But, right. um, but I think it's a very human desire to be remembered to have something that is left behind of you that people can see and and not forget that you were here. Right. Um, and for me, that was one of the things that I wanted. I wanted some of my music to stay here for people to enjoy and appreciate and remember that I was here, that I made a mark, that I mattered. And right. You know, I don't know. It's very, very basic kind of that we have no but i mean we all have that we're all wired that way yeah you know we want to see ourselves and in the future we want to know that our life mattered that's right you know there's definitely some existential stuff sorry yeah we're going pretty deep for that one we're we're all about deep cuts we're all about authenticity here (laughs) for sure um so were all these songs kind of the result of that and that's where this optimism moving forward positivity do you think all these songs were written after that and that was definitely the theme or some of the songs were definitely written before that actually and in fact i had gone through a little bit of a dry spell from writing music and then right after we got married i don't know that was another one of those moments for me where i was like this is completely life-changing um and it i guess triggered or inspired a lot of music so i wrote apocalypse was actually the first yeah that's song the song that i wrote right? for this record yeah and that was maybe six months after we got married mm-hmm. um well it also was in line with me really getting into the walking dead too so <laughs> i have some things have okay, deeper okay. inspiration and yeah, some yeah. like just and i always have a fascination with the apocalypse and with you know survival and what would we do i have i mean it goes along with my my uh, imagination is a very, very vivid. All right. um, so my paranoia goes hand in hand with that. <laughs> um, and okay. all the all the ways that the world could end and how I would respond to that. Um, and I actually looked up the government website for what to do in case of a major natural disaster like an apocalyptic you know, measure. And some of those things on that song are directly from our U.S. government's advice okay. for how to survive a major disaster all right all right because <laughs> you got to be prepared okay so you did the record together you did it recorded everything mixed mastered ready to go what's the next step after that that's the big question <laughs> yes <laughs> how, d- how do you as a uh, an unknown uh and that was kind of what i was getting at with it like kind of being an, un- an unknown indie band in your 30s you right know? right like how do you i feel like when you're in college yeah you get all your friends come out and go to a show and it's fun and but now we're c- a lot of you know we're kind of in a different place in life, and so we're we're learning how to try to market ourselves online. All right. Um, like everything, yeah. there's social a media. Curve. Yeah, That's yeah. So I'm oh doing yeah. it too. Yeah, I, I guess I, I also think like where as far as where we go from here, like one of the things that this record represents, it's kind of our debut into uh, into making Merlot Embargo a a, a known thing, right? Yeah, let's talk about the name so for a little bit. I didn't I didn't ask okay. you about the name oh, yeah. Merlot Embargo. Full disclosure, my wife uh, dislikes Merlot very much. Thanks to oh. taste like furniture polish. So, so we're uh, in good company. I, I <laughs> sort of agree. So is that is it that simple it or does have a it's related to that. It does yeah. have something to do with that for sure. See, Amanda, you're um, not the only one. No, no, we'd definitely take a cab or a Pinot over a Merlot. 
Um, we weren't. We were gonna kind of keep that a mystery for a little. But I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to say a little bit? Well, what we have been telling people is that it is that, and it is also, in in hand in hand with that, um, a marital dispute. Yes. <laughs> okay. Over <laughs> our taste for Merlot. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, it's actually a really funny story. It's kind of lengthy and yeah, we didn't silly, even tell the whole thing maybe but but um yeah. but that's basically what it is but it's funny band names can come out of oh uh, yeah of conflict anywhere so yeah. Yeah. So I'm d- I'm definitely on team anti so yes, <laughs> yes we have an embargo in our house. So you did the record out there, you start just hit the ground running just like high schoolers in a band trying Pr- to get places to play or pretty much. Um and the thing that I think is different at this stage in life is is that um you know more people. You know more people, yeah. right? Um, but we're also we're also at a different place, right? We're we're having a kid in like two months. You oh know? wow! So um, so we're gonna be, you know, we're not really. I, mean, I have a day job, right? We have a touring life. So we're isn't not we're not really looking into like, you know, month long tours or, right, right. or anything like that. Sitting in a van. So yeah. so oh that's ca- kind of one of the one of the reasons we're trying to explore the digital world of 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 music promotion, I guess. And honestly, one of my goals for writing music actually has evolved into wanting to write music for um, other people and okay. write music for TV and for movies and um, and even just online for people to appreciate yeah you know uh, um, performing and and being the face or a celebrity or something isn't necessarily a goal anymore okay it was very a young me might have wanted that at one point but it doesn't seem very desirable right now uh, and what seems more desirable is actually to make a living writing and making music. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, we're also sort of like uh, shopping it around to music publishing companies. Right. And, you know, so if there are any music supervisors out there, oh yeah. you know, uh, give, give this record a listen. We've done a lot of research on what to do in that area, in, but it's still a mystery in terms of how to get your foot in the door. Right. So like we have put our music, we've used, we've used websites like musicsubmit.com mm-hmm. to submit music to college radio and to other smaller mm-hmm. radio stations, podcasts, blogs, things. Right. And that's gotten a, a little bit of traction, getting good, our good. music heard elsewhere in the country. Um, and then we have another radio promotion going in January. Um, but in terms of actually getting out to live shows, we'll do it when it's fun and yeah. when we want to check off a cool venue, you know, right. as and far and as... when it makes sense, too, you know. I mean, we, we, like, we like performing live. Mm-hmm. It um, is fun, yeah. We just don't want sure. that to be the pressure of what drives us right and i think like uh, i was kind of hitting at this earlier so this is like our our debut we're trying to make merlot embargo and a known thing in the world Mm -hmm. um but this is just the first record right so we have uh, we envision making much more music in the future and we have the capability to do that literally ourselves at our house you know everything on this record was recorded at our home studio with the exception of like one or two pianos okay um so uh we also kind of recognize that this is we have a good thing going. We have a good yeah. thing going, but this is like this is the we're throwing this into the into the world and and trying to get attention for future projects. Yeah. So that was my next question. What does success look f- like for you going forward on your own terms? For me, it'd be making a living doing this. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be ideal. I, that's that's. Um, if people wanted to use our music for their purposes, um, uh, people buying our music, having a fan base that that they just want to consume what we produce basically mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and and 
And that's key, you know. And making videos, I think, is another aspect of that, having that online presence where people want to see what we put out next, even if it's just a cover song of some, yeah. you know, something. Uh, it's kind of building that relationship with people online um, yeah. to give them those little gifts here and there, you know, that are completely free, obviously. They just get to watch them. Yeah. So building that, that fan base and that relationship yeah. with people. Yeah, video. I mean, you guys have that one video on YouTube for Cruel Summer where it's like, you guys are in the backyard and it's like everything's going wrong. Like your ice cream falls off the ice cream cone. <laughs> and I, I mean, kind of how'd all that come together? Well, th we uh, I got an email from CD Baby or one of their partners or something, and they had a, um, a cover song contest and they, they had... Hey, enter our contest. So we th we thought, sure, why not? And <laughs> they had like seven <laughs> songs to pick yeah. from. Yeah. And the one that stuck out to me was the Bananarama, Cruel Summer, um, because I felt like we could do something different with it. So we made it a little more groofy. Gro groofy. Groovy. That it's is a great word. Groofy. There it is. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Singer, songwriter, word maker, upper. That's right. Oh, yeah. I make up a lot of words. I was an English major. I'm so right I feel like you. I have that, you know. Ability. Oh, geez. So it's very groovy. Um, and then uh, we were very limited in terms of video capabilities and, and time. So we, this was one, I think, Sunday yeah, we did afternoon. It in like yeah, four hours or something. Yeah, like crazy. where, and we have puppies, so that helps. <laughs> they're, they're cute and, and they helped with the video. Um, so we did what we could with what we had and with our iPhone, it was completely with our iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just a little funny take on the song. And uh, we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Doing no, it's it cool. ourselves. It's definitely cool. And it's, yeah. it's definitely got a quirky kind of vibe. And yeah, I think well it yeah. fits in with the record. You know, it's it's definitely got a unique angle, but it's it's yeah. interesting. I mean, if we do cover songs, we do them our own way. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that I really have always wanted to do. I've never wanted to sound like anyone else. I love all of the people that I can sound like or mm -hmm. like the the maybe... Be people being able to recall artists yeah. through what we do, but I I never wanted to just be a cookie cutter mold of somebody else. Well, yeah, those are the covers. I mean, if you're gonna do covers, those are the ones people remember. The ones right. that are kind of out of left field, like Johnny Cash doing "Hurt" by Nine Inch yeah. Nails. I mean, uh. that totally blew up, and it's because it had such a unique spin on yeah, a, a song okay. everyone knows. Yeah. You know, that is totally done a different way, and there's all yeah, kinds of beautiful. there's all kinds of those covers like that. You know, sometimes they end yeah. up becoming more famous than the original. Exactly. You know? Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, we think of even just rest in peace, Leonard Cohen, um, and Jeff yeah, Buckley's like oh version yeah, yeah. of that's another, Leonard that's a great Cohen's example. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, it's like that one's almost more well known. Oh yeah. People have to even be corrected and say uh, that's Leonard Cohen's song, actually, right. not Jeff Buckley. Um, so yeah, exactly. So that's uh, when we do covers, we want to do our own spin on it. We've done some covers. Well, we did do a cover of Hallelujah, actually, in oh wow, remembrance, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, yeah, in remembrance of Leonard Cohen. So anytime things like that happen that are kind of major upsets in the music mm -hmm. music world, we kind of put on yeah, a, quite a lot tribute. of them this year. We, yeah. we have, unfortunately. Oh, man. It's scary and sad, but um, but that's something that inspires us to put out a cover song. But So, yeah, so what inspires you to keep going, keep yourself motivated? I mean, this is hard. It's not easy. It's new ground for you guys. What, what inspires you to keep going? I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, it's really... For me, it's just a desire to create. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it, like Scarlett was talking about, kind of leaving your stamp on the world, and and the way I can, the way I feel like I contribute to that is by making making music. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, I still have my day job, um, and, but I'll come home and work for hours on 
on music, and I feel like that gives me more energy right. somehow, even though it's I'm put using energy to yeah. to do it. It it, it feels like progress. It yeah. feels like it's, I, I know it's what you're fulfilling or or something. You know, you're scratching that itch. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is nice. We do have the capabilities to make things ourselves pretty quickly or at your house you're both quickly. there exactly so <laughs> yeah. when i write a song i'll send it to jeff he'll he'll lay down some scratch tracks and then we'll r- do a basic recording of it so we have something solid already with just a song that i i just wrote or um something happens where we're like you know what we could put this music out of this cover of hallelujah for leonard cohen mm-hmm. today yeah. we just found out you know yeah. and so we went in that evening and made the video and put it online so it's these little things that are I, I get a lot more out of because it it's a very quick turnaround. You see the feedback right off the bat. You're able to give something to people um, that they can appreciate in the moment when it's relevant. So it that kind of keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Those little things that we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's also like like anything else, not necessarily music, but just something in life that you Speaking about the like uh, a song or a record or yeah. or whatever, it's something that you work a lot on and that you're really proud of. Yeah, and I think all of us sort of have a desire to to craft something like that. Yeah, you know, have it be well received. Yeah, and yeah, and I made this. You I know? mean, and and yeah. we and we decided, you know, way long before we finished this, even if it was just something that happened and nobody listened to it, uh, you know, our kids could look back on it and you know in the future, and and we would still like be really proud of it. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to be quality for sure. We didn't want to just churn something out. Yeah, you for know? sure. So it took a little bit longer than maybe the average album takes. That part was a little hard for me because once I was done with the songs, I gave them to Jeff, and then he worked so long in the studios for it, and I wasn't, I didn't have a hand necessarily right. in a lot of that, and so it felt like I was just sitting on my hands, basically huh. not being able to be helpful. Yeah, the other thing you discover too is when you're doing this is is that you know we're we're a, a completely independent entity you know there's no record label or anything right. and when when you're doing it on your own you are the arranger and the producer and the record label label and the mix engineer and the band manager and the band manager right, and the right. website manager social and media <laughs> manager social media coordinator and there's just so many hats you from you 6 wear. p.m to 11 or 12 <laughs> exactly. at night yeah. right yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. On the side, the next day. Exactly. yeah yeah it's all fun but it's it just if you haven't done that i don't think you really i didn't really realize like I thought, oh, the record's done. Okay, we're done. I'm going to relax yeah. now. No way. That's yeah. where I came from. No, that's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> not how any of this works. No, that's not how it gets heard or seen by anybody. You think like, oh, you know, people will hear it. They'll hear all the work we've put in, the time we put in. They'll recognize it as something different. It's unique. Why wouldn't they just snatch it up? And it's not. <laughs> right. So I've talked about the record a little bit. What, what do you guys want to tell people about the record? For those listening, haven't seen your website, haven't heard it yet, what do you want to tell people about it? We made this for you. <laughs> no, but honestly, like I, I well, it'll make you uh, float in the air if okay. you listen to this. What? It's really amazing. Oh Free jetpack. <laughs> Free jetpack. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. If you think about Nike air pumps, <laughs> <laughs> this is what the that pumps? is. I think the pump was a uh, Reebok. Actually, I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead. I don't think about play basketball. you're thinking about Michael J. Fox's shoes and. Back to the Future Part Self lacing. Maybe that's those what came I'm out. Thinking. Those are Nikes. Yeah. They did. They actually yeah. have real ones now. Don't yeah, they, they made like five pair, and they all sold for like two hundred thousand at oh auction to raise God. money wow. for Parkinson's. It was it was a cool story actually. Nike well, does have some really self lacing trainers coming out. Really? I don't know. We're gonna talk about sneakers. I, I'm a little bit, <laughs> hey, let's bit, go into it, man. I, I tapped into this. We're let's in the do air it. predators right now. See where this goes. But yeah, they're coming out with some self lacing shoes, and the price just dropped dropped from a thousand dollars to seven hundred dollars. So that's almost like at the point where. 
I'd buy it. Where <laughs> I, no. you know, I, I probably wouldn't buy it, but it's 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 on within sale. the realm of possibility. Right, right, right. You know? It's a discount. I would do it for the sale. No, really, the air pumps, the Air Jordans. Those aren't pumps, though. The pumps are the. Oh, maybe I was confusing the Air Jordans with the. Well, I guess with the, the Reebok pumps. <laughs> they were the ones with the little round pumps yeah, that yeah, you put yeah. in the. Hmm. Well, I didn't have those kind so of anyway. sneakers growing up. <laughs> um, we wanted to put music in the world that wasn't already in there. We wanted it to be unique, and we wanted it to fill a void. So this music was made for them, for and for us. I hope they get that from this. This wasn't to sound like anything else that they've ever heard. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a... Somebody said something like it's sort of... It's not really like indie pop or indie rock, but it's not really mainstream either. Right, right. It's kind of in, the, in this space so somewhere in between there. And, and so I guess... I don't know. Maybe it, it has its own niche. Our yeah. own taste is very eclectic, and I've yeah. never turned my nose up to anything like whether it's mainstream or indie. Like, there's nothing that, if it's good music, it's good music, and it can be found in both, both streams. For sure, for sure. If you did go back to the start of your journey, anything you tell yourself? I tell don't myself. Don't be so negative. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Get to work. Yeah, basically. Get to work. Do the work. You'll feel better. Don't kick yourself. Like, just keep going. Like, it'll happen. Boy, I'd, I'd tell myself to practice more. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. You practice so much already. I, I don't, really. I'm Not such anymore. a non-practicer. It's terrible. Um, Ask my piano teacher, David Stanton. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think li- I, I think there's just there's some things you just have to experience. Right. Even if I could tell myself, hey, you're going to have to do a lot of x y and z to make this happen maybe maybe it's like being a parent you know you just don't really i mean i hate to compare because i well i guess we'll oh find you'll see i yeah. guess we'll find out you know <laughs> you'll see but uh armchair armchair quarterbacking here yeah i mean we're uh, just now coming out of <laughs> childcare and into parenting with our three-year-old so i mean it's oh man it, we're, we're getting there yeah and i don't mean to like com- compare that necessarily because it's you know two different things i guess but i think there is a little bit of you just got to do it and yeah. Figure it out as you go. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's and no, there's no one way, you know. Yeah, and I'll say that you guys are in two months out now. Um, I asked so many people. I'm an only child. Didn't have any siblings. You know, I I had no experience with babies, and I asked everybody the same thing. Okay, so you have the baby, you go home, everyone else goes home, and then what happens? <laughs> and yep. the answer is always the same. It's some stuff happens, and you figure it out. And That's right. I mean, yeah. as, as it is with life and <laughs> all yeah. things, I guess. But and you sort of have have the responsibility and freedom, I guess, to make it make it your own. Oh yeah, reality. You have you know? to make it your own reality. It has to be like you have to figure out what works for you, what works for your well, baby in one case or music career in another. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's cool being in charge of that, though. Like you yeah. know, with the podcast and you know yeah. the imagery and everything. It's like. I have an idea. I think it would be good. Hey, friend, you know, Keith Dixon, thank you for the logo. But hey, Keith, can Hi you Keith. make this for me? Yes, that's exactly what I had in mind. Thank you. It's awesome. You know, but when you're calling the shots, it's like, hey, let's just do this. Hey, that is good. You know, yeah. and so you guys are kind of in the same place. It's yeah. very, very true. It's it's very freeing yeah. as a creative person to be able to just make things happen for yourself without all of the middlemen, without all of the red tape that goes along with sometimes having somebody else in charge of your music in charge of your creativity mm-hmm. so i it's we're really thankful for that yeah 
Any last words of advice? Life, art, creativity, anything? Don't give up. Right. And don't look back. (laughs) (laughs) That's the name of the record. Yeah, I'd I'd say, like, as just practically like as a creative person i think you have to make an effort to like make space for this in your life oh yeah it's uh, not going to just yeah, happen on no. a regular basis yeah. you know yeah. especially if you're if you're like me and you're sort of splitting your time and your energy between uh, you know a, a day job and and creative aspects right you you really have to take care of the small things so that your brain has the mental capacity to focus on being creative i guess mm mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of work that goes into it. Like it's washing a dish or whatever, you know. Yeah. Just do it and then move so on. So it doesn't get piled up. Yeah. All right, thanks. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. This has been really awesome. Um, I love the record. I've been telling people about it. Um, I hope that this helps to you guys some more listens. Thank you. Well, likewise, Brett. I mean, we appreciate you having us on. and, and uh, It's my first band. Hey. <laughs> my first multiple-person interview. Oh, that's so hey. exciting. Yeah, we'll I mean, definitely yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, watching the podcast. I'm, 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 I'm several episodes behind. Uh, there's I'm only four, so you can catch up pretty quickly. <laughs> well, I, my podcasts are like, I'm like about like 50 episodes behind, and I'm. Really it's like, hard to keep know, up, and yeah. eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm just starting yeah, from here forward. That's you right. Know? Yeah, no, I, I know the same thing. But yeah, we appreciate you having us on too. Yeah. So. yeah. Again, this is Jeff Gross and Scarlett Bieberstein from Merlot Embargo. Their website is merloembargo.com. You can find them on. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Merlot Embargo, just like it sounds. Uh, Their music's on Apple Music, Bandcamp, Spotify, YouTube, all over the place. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Brett. This has been the Maslow Pete Podcast presented by Spring State Media Group. Our producer is Jesse Edmond. You can find us on the web at themaslowpete.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud. You can also check out our Instagram at themaslowpete for some behind-the-scenes pictures. Like us on Facebook at the Maslow Pete and also on Twitter. Also want to give special thanks to Evan Ronaldo, Echo Plate Studios, and Generations Church for letting us use their awesome space. Uh, thanks again. We'll see you guys next week. Some things in life are gonna knock you off your feet. Some things will taste more of the bitter than the sweet. But you gotta keep Making you